When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this latest edition of Wise Men Say the Hull City Podcast. My name is Alex and this morning I am joined by my co-host John. Good morning John, how are you feeling? Morning Alex, yeah great thank you. Yeah, bit of a miserable day outside but glad to be indoors and recording this podcast for yourself. Great stuff yeah and uh, I've been enjoying the bit of the cricket this morning, Joe Root smashing it so good, good day for Yorkshireman all round. Love it, love it. Love it. So today we have got um, a couple of City games to go through. We have the Accrington game, uh, sorry, the Swindon game and the Lincoln game. We have, we're going to give you a quick update on the transfer window and then we'll ask for your opinion on that, John. We've got a cracking edition of Hull City Alphabet, the letter S. We also have previews of the Burton game. Coming up today and the Lincoln game next week. So, John, uh, I thought we could start. Do you have Do you have any awards to give out uh, this morning? Yeah, well, just a quick update on the the Tetley's bitter award, which has been sporadically in and out uh, this season. But yeah, I think the Tetley Tetley's uh, bitter award this week goes to um, well, uh, allegedly our club doctor. Um, for moaning about the change rooms, or well, the, the club themselves, really, we'll, we'll put it as a whole thing, um, moaning about the change rooms at Accrington, as it seems to have come out, um, because of the, the inability for the players to maybe social distance. Um, however, you know, we lost the game. Uh, the, the, we're in League One, so I'm not, not quite sure what we, what we expect. And if the club are so upset about some changing rooms not being up to the standard, then we need to make sure we don't get relegated into League One. Um, and, and and you made a great point off air. The players all go and hug each other and uh, all sorts when they score. So, you know, the social distancing, it, it's a funny one. Um, and as we mentioned off air as well, they managed to, the players managed to social distance well enough on the pitch when we couldn't string a couple of passes together against Accrington away. Uh, and also, you know, absent-minded as well, pretty much, for that 2-0 defeat. But, you know, yeah, a bit of a Tetley's bit of reward for our club. I think we just need to dust ourselves down after that result, um, at, 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 like we did against um, against Swindon. And we need to make sure that we, we don't moan about any changing rooms today at Burton and we get a result. Yeah, just a quick quote from Andy Holt, who uh, I believe is the chairman of Accrington. And he said, finally... I'm sorry, I can't resist it. Hull City complaining to EFL about our changing rooms after we beat them, by the way. How do you think we feel using them every week? Buy Dion for five million and I'll make some posh ones for you next time you come. So, yeah, I think, do you think we look a bit big time 
like a bit like, oh, we've been yeah. in the Prem and that, so, you know, we've been changing rooms all over the country, so, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I um, hope, I mean, uh, if that's his real account, then uh, fair play, he's gone bold there. It but, is, um, mate. He's, he's, yeah. got, he's, he's had 1,500 likes and 150 retweets. Oh, fair enough. Well, I know we complained um, at Sheffield Wednesday, didn't we? Uh, the A year ago now, when um, Bowen had scored away, um, we, we complained that McCann had to park uh, miles away from the ground or whatever it was, uh, and that the, the welcome wasn't very warm. Well, we're not going to get warm welcomes in the AFL. You've, you've got to just... It's, it's, it's professional football. They're going to try and make it as hostile for us as possible, and they're going to try and rock us, and that's exactly what they did. So, fair play to Accrington, I'd say. Um, they did a number on us, especially after we beat them. You know, we need to make sure that we, we try and um, do the same, really, to other clubs. You know, it's quite a nice place to come there, the K-Common. Well, but we'll get on to the, the pitch uh, maybe a little bit later on, but, you know, the welcome and all of this, we need to make sure that we, you know, it's a professional environment. You've got to got to make sure that you win the mental game as well as the, the physical game. Yeah, quite right, John, quite right. And yeah, perhaps we should be focusing more on matters on the pitch than changing than, rooms. Than changing rooms, yeah. So yeah, a bit of a uh, bit of uh, sour grapes on our well, part. I have to get I have to get changed in my car before I play a football match on a weekend. Uh, <laughs> I mean that's given I'm not a professional footballer, but you know, I don't go and moan about the changing rooms. Um, and say, you know, it's too small. I keep, I keep accidentally hitting the steering wheel when I'm putting my shin pads on. But that, there we go. You know, that's just uh, that's how it is at the moment. Yeah, I remember at school we used to get changed, and, and then like our PE teacher would turn the showers on, wouldn't he? Like, oh, do you want the showers on, lads? Yeah, do you want it on a million degrees, or do you want it on minus five? <laughs> no, no in between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll move on from there and just. You know, perhaps put a put a put a park in that one for now. So let's. Uh, I'll give you the team for our victory against Swindon, and then I'll have your thoughts on the game if that's all right with you. Yeah. So in goal, Long. In defence, Coyle, Burke, Greaves, and Elder. Midfield was Alfie Jones, Doherty, and Honeyman, and our front three was Wilkes, KLP. And Dan Crowley. So, your thoughts on the bet and the Swindon victory, John? Um, yeah, it was interesting to see again, like Emmanuel not getting the start there in the league, and uh, it was um, it was an interesting uh, lineup. I mean, we'll we'll talk a little bit later about the transfer window, but I get it's great to see like a couple of whole whole lads in that back four. Um, Alfie Jones obviously going into into midfield as well. And I was particularly impressed with the goal. Doherty, I really do enjoy watching Doherty. I think he's a great, great addition to the squad. And and it was a pass from Crowley that just broke through the lines for for Honeyman's run, and then eventually set Doherty up for his goal. I thought fantastic. Well, we've scored some cracking goals this year, um, where we've we've worked as a team and the patterns of play that we've we've produced have been absolutely fantastic. So yeah, it was good to get that goal, um, and then. Obviously, just yeah, looked looked okay. Um, didn't light the world up, but we, we got the result, and uh, I was really really happy with with how we did. So yeah, good way to bounce back after the Accrington defeat. Yeah, I completely agree. 
And also, um, Doherty is an interesting one, isn't it? Isn't it? Because well, at the start of the season, I thought that was probably our best signing on paper, mm. and uh, he hasn't shown. You know, he's shown good form, but he hasn't he hasn't blown the world away uh, at the start of the season. But I think as we enter this sort of second stage of the season, if you like, the post-January period, mm. sort of settled in, I think. And I think McCann's probably spoke to him about getting forward a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Because, because we've got uh, just a three-man midfield, he's probably been quite nervous about joining the attack, especially as Honeyman um, plays quite far forward, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, I think he's probably just said, look, um, as long as you trek back, you're just going to have to get involved and show us what you can do. And, you know, he typifies that. He's doing, he's doing a lot more. He probably had a lot more touches around the the opposition penalty area. Yeah. And he, when he gets in those positions, he looks really dangerous. He's got a nice quick turn of pace and he can pick a nice pass out. And not, obviously he's got a strike on him. So, yeah. Mm. Good to see Chadwick come on uh, later on in the game. Uh, like I say, it's nice to he's getting a run out. He's been recalled and he's getting a, he's getting some game time. So we mentioned that in the last episode, I think, about Chadwick. So it's good to see that he's he's um, he's getting played. Yeah, and often managers bring bring players back, don't they, just to be just to be safe. And often that could be detrimental to a player. It's better for a player to be playing week in week out than it is to be sort of sat in the reserves and, and on the subs bench um, and not really getting any minutes. But he, he's come on for a couple of games, hasn't he? So, yeah, yeah well done, McCann, um, for not dipping in. He's probably not been able to go in for another striker in the transfer market. So, good decision bringing him back to yeah. actually play him from time to time. So, yeah, just a quick um, quick bounce back, wasn't it, um, from the Accrington defeat? And it really was a must-win. Um and and we went on to get the three points, which is all important. Certainly was. Yeah. Any final words before I move on to the Lincoln game? Um, just a good good three points, really. Uh, not, nothing more, nothing less. Just good three points. Move on, and you know, obviously look forward to the Burton game today. I was hoping that it would propel us in going into the uh, the quarter final, but obviously we'll talk about that now. It wasn't wasn't necessarily meant to be. Yeah, so I'll give you the team for the Lincoln game. So we have Ingram and Goal, Emmanuel, Burke, McLaughlin and Elder, Slater, Smallwood and Doherty, and Crowley, McGuinness and KLP up front. What are your thoughts on the Lincoln game, John? Yeah, well, obviously it was tough conditions for, for both teams. It's one of them, like... Uh, I, I love I love Twitter uh, and the whole City fans forum because uh, you know didn't want it anywhere. I uh, just you know um, Mickey Mouse cup. Don't, uh, don't like Papa John's anywhere. More of a Domino's kind of guy. Yeah, um, if we'd have got through, you know, we obviously would have only been uh, a game from Wembley if we'd have got through to the semi-finals. So yeah, a, a huge shame, a really big miss. Because obviously it looks like we, we are on our way to promotion this season. Fingers crossed we do get promotion. It would have been really nice to go on and pick picked up some silverware because we, were, we probably won't get that chance um, for quite some time once we, or hopefully if we get promoted and we go into the championship. So, 
yeah, I think a big a big miss for us. Um, for example, if Lincoln can go through, win it, and get promoted, that's exactly what I'd have would have expected of of our team this season. Um, but you know, interesting back obviously kept his place. So did Elder. Um, obviously McLaughlin getting some good uh, game time and Ingram and Emmanuel, which is good. And KLP obviously being a quite important part now, having signed his contract, which is good to see. I thought Doherty's goal was again, uh, well, it was an even better goal than the other day because he was he had to take take the ball and run with it a little bit, and I just thought really good goal from from Doherty. Again, uh, obviously we saw Chadwick come on again. I was just really disappointed with the with the penalty shootout, but but more disappointed to be honest in the state of the pitch. I just don't know what's happened. We've gone from having a good Premier League quality pitch to maybe having to book Costello Field for our our Tuesday night game if they want you know against Lincoln. If if our one at the KCOM doesn't improve, it's just uh, it's crazy. I'm hoping that. They sort it out because I know obviously the conditions were bad and the weather was tough, but it shouldn't cut up that much on you know a professional. Um, and I've mentioned it before in previous podcasts. Well, I think the one where we had Brian Leon, it just didn't look great. And I'm hoping that we sort it out um, because when the rugby starts again, it's going to be even more cut up. And we always like you know City fans. Well, those who aren't rugby fans like yourself. We'll always have a moan about the rugby team and be like, "Oh, the you know the ruin our pitch." But as you can see, no rugby's being played, and, and look at the state of it now. Yeah, it's almost like the lack of rugby has made it worse <laughs> in a way. But when we look at the Super League Grand Final, it looked absolutely you know immaculate. So we need to make sure we get that sorted really, because we we like 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 we said about in the in the previous game, the pattern of play that we like to produce and some of the goals that we scored this season. By you know a little bit of sort of ticky tacker in a way, we can't do that when we're you know we're trying to roll through mud. You could see the ball stopping, and so yeah, it's not not great for us. And if if we were going to have any complaints, if that was an away game, we would have moaned about that pitch. Yeah, definitely. Probably let's stay quiet about the changing rooms, but moaned about the pitch. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, good good goal from Doherty. Final sort of thoughts from me really, but disappointing. I thought I. Like looking at Flores and the, as he was walking up to the penalty, I think we sort of knew what was coming really. Um, but it's good that we saw like Ch- Chadwick and KLP scoring their pens and Elder as well. So yeah, it's big shame. Yeah, and ultimately, you know, our, our season will be defined at our league position. But that that would have given the, the fans and and the <clears throat> and the McCann haters something to. To think about, wouldn't we, if we'd have got to, you know, the fa- the next stage and beyond? Um, and I thought we looked we looked good in the competition. You know, we came back for, against Fleetwood, um, and you know, we I thought we played really well against Lincoln. We just couldn't we just couldn't score that elusive second. I thought we were we were on them all game, and I think, like you say, if the pitch was in nicer condition, I thought we probably would have scored again. But so at, the, at Pens, I thought we just looked a bit leggy. Um, so all that mud on the pitch has probably tired people out, and it's almost like they, you know, were just breathing, like trying to get some air in before the pens. And yeah, like you, I, I didn't didn't have a good feeling uh, for the pens, but ultimately now this um, 
game against Lincoln next week is a great chance for revenge. Hopefully, we can do what Accrington did against us and and uh, go back, go to their um, go to the next game and beat them, uh, and that'll be the ultimate test because it'll be the league game. Yeah, so, yeah. Be interesting to see what he does with the um, with the team, Alex. I'm wondering if he's gonna. Obviously, there'll be changes with McLaughlin out, and Greaves probably comes in. Long probably comes in in goal, um, as it stands at the moment. But Emmanuel and Coyle, it's an interesting one because I don't know what's happened there with... Like, Coyle's been getting a lot, a lot of game time. And I don't know if it's a rotation thing, but Emmanuel was a standout player in the league at one point. So it's just a bit strange how it's going to take a lot for him to bring his momentum back up to where we saw it earlier on in the season. Yeah, it's it's the probably the biggest battle going on in football right now for that right back berth. Mm. I can't think of any positions in the world that have got more competition. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know what a what an embarrassment of riches we've got in that position. Yeah. Um and again, like well I wonder, you know, obviously he gets paid the money McCann to make the decision, so we'll see what the team is a, a little bit later on today, but it's so it's so difficult, um, but you know we can take a lot of positives from the last two games. I, it's great to see Crowley getting involved and, and, and playing a lot. You know, I think him and Honeyman can really link up well. We've got we're quite blessed with you know Crowley coming in. He can play as a ten, but we've been starting him out on the, as a front three as well. And we've got obviously Honeyman and Doherty. So like you said about you know, having an embarrassment of riches. I really do back our squad to go and try and take us all the way. There's no excuses now. We focus on the league. We've got the players in that we need. We've even got you know three really good left backs now as well. Um, we we very we are very blessed with depth. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, and to, an interesting one on Emmanuel and Coyle. Like I constantly think about what other positions that those two could play just to try and get them both in the team. Yeah, I wonder if. Coyle could play like a defensive midfielder role, you know, a bit like the Smallwood position. You know, if he ever gets I, I think so. I think yeah. you, you look at um, I know, like, and and people might laugh at this because I'm not comparing the two players, but I'm comparing the style of player. You look at the Philip Lamb, Joshua Kimmich uh, type of player that was a right back and has been made into a CDM. Yeah, uh, you can definitely form that that role. Um. With that type of player, I think it's I think it's very possible, and I think it is Coyle that you move out the two because Emmanuel is such a good attacking threat going forward as well with the um, with his presence and and tracking back too. So he's got a bit of birth about him. Um, so yeah, I think it would be him that you move. Uh, but but again, McCann's the one who gets gets paid the the money to make the decision. So we'll see what he comes out with. Uh, today and how it progresses, how this team evolves, because I know we look at it in and it's sort of we react it week by week on this podcast. But then, if you think, you know, twelve months down the line, at the end of next January transfer window, I wonder how different our team's going to look to what it is now. Absolutely. So, on just on the team changing, it'd be a good time to just wrap up the um, latest uh, additions and exits in the transfer window. So. Last the podcast before last, I think we talked heavily about the players that have come in and gone out. So we talked about Flores, Gavin White, and Dan Crowley. Yeah, uh, we talked about Sheaf, Jordy Device, 
and a Delican. Um, but since then, um, there was a couple of uh, there was an, a signing on on transfer deadline day, a homecoming of Max Clark. What do you make of that signing? Yeah, it's great. It's great for the city. Um, again, like the club have done a, a superb job of trying to rally the fans around. It's a, it's been an interesting one how the fans have sort of come together again whilst we've been away from the ground. And I think the way they've done that is by some really good marketing and pub, you know, um, sort of publicity on the on the social media channels. I think the people who run social media channels for Hull City are, are doing a great job at the minute, almost as good as what um, yourself, Alex, is doing for Wise Men Say. But um, to bring Max Clark back, obviously, it'll be interesting to see how that went about. So did the agent contact the club? and say, look, he wants to come back, or, you know, how did that work out? Because I can't see McCann, you know, scratching his head there thinking, we need another left-back, because we've got Fleming and Elder, who are obviously, in my opinion, some re- really good players already. So it'd be interesting to see how that came about. And maybe was Fleming hoping for a loan move, and we think, right, OK, well, we might need the cover. If, if Fleming goes away and plays regular football, we can bring in Clark, and then we've got Elder and Clark. It's just an interesting one, isn't it? But um, yeah, I think a good signing because you know we could be at one point we could have three of our back four homegrown lads, uh, and I think that's just a great thing for the club. When you look at um, Andy Smith coming up as well, who's you know also been in around the first team, we could have a full back four next year from Hull. You just never know. Um, and it's it's just a great thing. What would have been interesting is you look at Timon as well, who's gone away. If we'd have got someone like Timon back um, and how that might have uh, gone about. So we've got some, there's, there are some good academy products out there and we've proven it this season by playing them. So if we can sort of build a team and hopefully Max Clark is one of those sort of success stories, he comes in and does really well, spares a few of the other young lads on. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. He said on his interview when he came back, how his experience in Holland has boosted his his game. He's become a bit more attack-minded. I mean, was a lot of the time before, I was thinking about his positioning. I think as well because he, he was sort of floating between centre-mid and left-back when he was an under-23 player. But obviously now he's just a, he's a left-back. And it was weird because at one point, you know, there were rumours that Liverpool were, were tracking him. So that, that, you know, having that, sort of pressure almost on you and publicity on you is, is a good thing for him. And then he's obviously he's come back down to a League One club. So I expect him to be above this level and I expect him to, to really push Elder for a starting spot. Absolutely. So what, what do you make of the... Go on. What are your thoughts on, on Clark coming back? Yeah, it's a strange one for me because I didn't think... I thought we had a good couple of fullbacks in Fleming and uh, Elder. Yeah. So, like you are, I wonder if Fleming was probably, obviously, the one out of the two who's getting the least game time. So, I wonder if he was after a learn move, like you say. Um, and they sort of, I wonder if he's, Max Clark has just sort of thought, oh, things aren't quite, you know, he's not been playing very regularly recently, as he's had. A few troubles at VTS. Yeah. So I wonder if he's got in contact with the club or his agent has and he's sort of I think. 
they've, they've sort of made them aware that he's available and City have thought, well, you know, it's not going to be expensive. He's, he's not going to demand high wages. It's probably going to please the fans. They'd be silly to miss out on it. So, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So, who knows? Who knows what will happen later down the line? Uh, like you say, maybe some of them can play in different positions, which might help. You know, you mentioned Max Clark. Could he do a job in on left wing or could he do a job in centre mid? Um, so, you know, it gives us options, doesn't it? So, yeah. No one expected it either, did they? What a what a surprise. Yeah, and I think it gives McCann that versatility because we can, in fact, you know, he could be a left-sided sort of CDM if we're going to play a two-sitting. We could also play Fleming as a wing-back in a back in a sort of back three or back five. Uh, we have got a lot of versatility with our systems now, and I think that's what we've... If Well, I know that McCann hasn't shown much flexibility in his approach because obviously we've got a, a blueprint, but if, if it was ever needed, we could be quite a versatile team and maybe in the next 12 months we could see this, this team evolve into you know a team that can play three at the back because we've got McLaughlin and Greaves and Burke playing well, or we, you know we can play Fleming or Clark as a wing back. We've also got the ability to have a solid back four and have Elder there as our sort of experienced left sided um, full back. We've we've got we've got a plethora of options at our disposal now, so it'd be great to see you know what we do with these players. I think it'd be I'm more excited about this squad now than I was about the squad 12 months ago and maybe even 12 months pre- uh, previous to that, even though we had Bone and Grzycki, I am more excited about this squad because it's the full squad. Obviously uh, you, you think about how good Bowen was and he was the guy, but that that's pretty much all we had at, at one point. You know, obviously we had Burke and Devise as well, but this, this full squad because of the youth, because of KLP and how he's coming up, we've, I've, we've got an exciting future ahead of us. I truly do believe that. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Balancing a football team. I know it was it was Chelsea last week, who uh, the other week, who, or it was it Arsenal? One of the two started a full team of um, non-English players. And whilst uh, I've nothing against that personally, I think you've got to have a balance in your squad of players that are connected with the club, who will give you that heart, who will give you that desire. You know what I mean? Who really feel what the fans are feeling and um, at the minute we've got a strong representation from our youth team from the local area who will who will you know want the club to do well as well as playing well on the pitch so you know we've got a, a good a good foundation at the minute to succeed and hopefully these young players can continue to develop and hopefully they stay with us I mean if like I say if Premier League club comes knocking for KLP it'll be difficult to stand in his way but I look at a club like Brentford, who were like a continuous conveyor belt of development. Um, they had, when we was in the championship with them, when they dropped us 5 0 or whatever. Yeah. They had Ben Rama uh, and Watkins up front, and they've gone on to better things. But now they've got other players coming through, and they just they just keep bringing those young players in. And if, if they. If they're well enough, they'll move on. But if if you know they're good enough for the level they're at, then they'll stay and then help help the club develop. I think you know they'd be a good club to to um, base ourselves on because that's how yeah. they make their money. Well, that that money ball approach is definitely something that obviously we've tried to sell on, like the likes of Bowen, and we you know we've done okay with that. But we haven't recruited well enough to 
to have a sustainable system, which is why we got relegated. So when you think about now, if if a if a team from the top end of the championship came in for Emmanuel, we would be fine because we've got Coyle. If a team came in for Elder or if a team came in for, for, for Fleming, we're fine. We're covered. If a team came in front of our centre halves, we're covered. Um we you know, we've got that now. I think the only area in which we're probably struggling is is the forward positions. Uh, you know, if someone came and got KLP, we'd be a bit we still we haven't got an out and out number nine in, in the sense of, you know, we we sort of float between McGuinness and, and, and Eves and and the likes. So that would be the only real worry. But, you know, we, we're quite blessed in a lot of positions. So it wouldn't be like it was last season. Obviously, we've got Wilkes, haven't we? And if Wilkes went, then you would worry again. But you would always worry if your star players went. Um, but, you know, as a whole, we're quite we're quite well covered. We, we've obviously, we'll talk about Batty now. We lost Batty. We're, we're, we're fine. We're, we're quite well covered. What... The Batty one's a weird one, isn't it? Because he had his contract terminated. Is that correct? He was running out of his deal was running out anywhere, so he was able he was able to sort of negotiate with other with other teams. He probably didn't have any intentions of of signing a new deal, and then his contract was terminated by mutual consent, and he went to Fleetwood. So, what do you think about that one? Because it was a bit of a strange, you know, he looks quite promising to be a big part of our team, and then all of a sudden he's gone. Yeah, I find this strange in football because City have, have had a lot of players in the past who have, um, you know, been you know on the fringes of the starting eleven, shall we say, and they go on to greater things. You know, I think about Kearney, who got let go, and he's gone on to forge a successful career, and he's now playing in the Premiership. Um, you know, Robertson's gone on to Liverpool, and he he's a very successful player. Maguire, very successful player. But uh, in thinking about other players that we had, so for example, I remember we had Keith Andrews, who I always thought was quite average for us. And then he moved on to Blackburn. He eventually ended up at Blackburn. And he, he looked an absolutely different player when he came back and played against us. I wonder if sometimes players just need a fresh um, a fresh club, a new manager, a different approach, um, to sort of release the shackles a bit. Um, sometimes... But clubs, players can have, you know, different relationships with the manager. They might be playing them in a position that they don't quite like, or they might there might be some aspect of the position that that they're not comfortable with. Um, so, for example, the manager might say, "Well, you have to sit more, or you might have to attack more than you normally used to." And you know, Batty's one who clearly has a good passing range, and um, it was great to have him come through the team and into the team and. You know, he was he was there or thereabouts this season, wasn't he? Wasn't he? He's, he played a few games and came on as sub, and you know, just needed a run of games, didn't he? So yeah, good, well, good luck to him at Fleetwood. I think they're a club who, who may, may suit him because they're quite like free flowing and attack out. They, you know, they did a job on us at, at early earlier in the season. You know, playing captain Pugwash four or five times, weren't they? So. Yeah, well, it's yeah. an interesting one because he's got a range of passing, hasn't he? But maybe it's because he needs players to carry him in that midfield. So you look at Slater, um, you look at Doherty, who are, who are runners, the Honeyman as well, and you can't fit them all in. You know, if you're playing Smallwood, you can't play Batty. It's simple as that, really. So maybe it's, again, part of the system, yeah, like you said. And it, it, and 
not in Batty's case because he obviously came through our academy, but when you look at um, some of the players that we've brought in, like you mentioned, Keith Andrews, maybe some of the strikers we've brought in, you know, we've always, we've thought like, oh God, how why have we signed these players? But we've clearly signed them because the championship level or their league one level, because then they go to other clubs and they prove that they are. So it's just, again, like you said, the manager, the system, something just doesn't quite click right. And, you know, it, it takes the skill of a, of a manager to, to understand his system and understand the players that he needs. I think I read a really good story um, this week about Jose Mourinho when he when he went back to Chelsea and he, he met with Cesc Fabregas and he said, look, I only need two players to win the league. I need you to sign and I need Diego Costa. And he got those two players. So he had a really good understanding of the rest of the players that he needed or that he had and then the two players that he needed. And maybe that's, you know, the case for McCann. He's looked at his team, he's looked at the balance and he's gone, right, I need these players. I don't need these players. So that, you know, that would be... That'll be one of the, maybe the reasons why he's been. And if he's not prepared to sign a contract, he's you know he's come through the the academy. What's the point in keeping him for the rest of the season and not playing him when he could? You know we owe it. Well, we don't owe any anybody anything really. But I think it's just a, a nice thing to do to say, look, you can go now, and so you don't lose that time in your career where you can develop and play. So best luck to him. I hope he does well. It's a shame, like you mentioned about Kearney, that was one of the biggest ones which I miss, like regret and miss the most because I did think he was actually, he was probably a bit better than Bullard at the time when he played for us. I know I haven't got a great opinion of Bullard, but he would try the similar things that Bullard would try and they might not come off because he was in an earlier stage of his development and um, we sort of, maybe it was the, that was the downfall of him at City, but he went on and had a really good successful career being captain of, of Blackburn and Fulham. So, maybe Batty can look at that and think, right, well, I can emulate the success that some of the players that have been with us, Liam Cooper, Sonny Bradley, uh, Tom Kearney, some of these players have had. And uh, yeah, I wish him all the best for the future, apart from obviously when he, when he plays against us. Yeah, I, I I echo your sentiments there. I wish him all the best. And I think final thought for me, he's probably just reached a stage in his career where he needs to be starting week in, week out. Yeah can't just be playing bit parts and starting cup games and odds and sods you know you, you're at a certain age in football you have to be playing week in week out for your development he's probably had enough of sitting in the t- under 23s in the reserves yeah so yeah. you know well, well done to him and the club for enabling him to make that decision like you say best of luck to him uh apart from when players but I, I can imagine him hurting us yeah, I can, yeah. It'd be an interesting one. Obviously, he'll be well up for it when he comes back and to prove a point as well. Um, we've already sure. played Fleetwood 54 times this season, so I don't know if we, we are set to play them again, um, but we may meet them in the future. I can't get um, Captain Pugwash out of my head. No. Uh, <laughs> just quickly, um, quick one on uh, Samuelson, his exit on loan to Alkborg, is it, in, yeah. in Scandinavia? What, what are your thoughts on that exit? Yeah, he needs that. Um, he, he clearly, I think, really got to grips with, well, we said the English game, obviously he's been at West Ham, hasn't he, in Man City, but it's um, League One football, he doesn't look at the level. I like. I don't want to sort of, <laughs> again, sometimes I, I, I should maybe sit on the fence a little bit more, but I just don't think he looks at this level. And I think, you know, what's the point in him playing under 23s? He, he needs to be playing senior football, even if that's back in his home country so he can go and gain some confidence, 
getting some form. Well, I think he's playing in Denmark, isn't he? Not Norway, actually. So, but it, you know what I mean? Scandinavian football and um, he can maybe gain a little bit of, bit of confidence and he can come back and he could look a completely different player, which I do hope for him, uh, which is the case. But again, I, just don't, I don't know where his best position is. He needs to, I think he needs to find, uh, maybe his versatility was a bit of a, sort of the downfall of him in a way, but hopefully he can go away, get some goals under his belt, uh, or, or, you know, goals and assists, play a key part in, in there and come back and maybe have a, another spell in England and then, and then you know, back to us. So, you know, a couple of learn spells I think will be really needed. And I think what he needs to look at now is, can I be a championship player? Because there's no point in him thinking, all right, I need to get up to League One standards and get in this team. I think he needs to think, right, I need to be a good championship player if I'm going to have any chance of starting in this team. Um, so that's what he needs to go away and do. So when he comes back next year, it could be another short-term loan spell um, in League One, maybe, to show that he can go and dominate that league or you know somewhere else in the Championship. Um, and then come back to us and hopefully by then we will be a Championship club. I think you look at Chadwick's loan has been a, such a blessing for him. We need the same thing to happen to Samuelson now. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, and Altborg is, is in fact in Norway. So. Oh, no, go then. Yeah, so he's back, back up. Maybe closer to family as well. Um, um, yeah, exactly. So we move on to a cracking edition of Hull City Alphabet, this one. Mm. Towards the end of our tenure as Hull City Alphabet, um, definitely we need to think of some more features. So if you've got any suggestions, we had a good suggestion from Calzy um, the other week who suggested we do um, each number in the squad. Do it that way. Yeah, that is a great one. You could probably tell by my reaction to the length of the ooh. But yeah, that was a that's a great suggestion. That yeah. So that that would get another season out of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we might make it to. We're we're after being as many seasons as Walking Dead. So (laughs) definitely. Yeah. Well, um, your shout for Hull City Alphabet, the letter S. So my letter S was versatile player in the sense that he could play as a striker, as a centre forward, or he could also play as a centre half. Uh, six foot odd frame. Uh, he played for Leeds United before signing for us for sounds. Yeah, yeah, he did yeah, he started his career at Leeds unfortunately. But then he did he did choose the right side of the M sixty two and signed for us for two hundred thousand pounds in nineteen eighty nine. Uh, he also went on to play for Port Vale, Plymouth, Burnley, Bury, uh, back to Burnley again, and then York City before retiring. But for us, he, he, made, he made 80 appearances, uh, 24 goals. He's probably made more appearances now as a, the expert summariser on BBC Radio Humberside. It is, of course, Peter Swan. Swanee. Yeah, or Peter Harold Swan, as his Wikipedia says. Yeah, uh, great, great player, uh, great servant to the club. Who's obviously come back and formed a good comedy duo with Bernsey, hasn't he, on Radio Humberside and straight talking, which I like. You know, he gives his opinion um, on the play, and clearly he's someone who can talk about it because he's been there and done it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, tough player, old school. Yeah. He, um, he scored over a third of his goals, his career goals for Hull City. So um, it just shows that he had a really good impact uh, with us there. And um, he, 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 like I say, he's provided, he's been the voice of a lot of positive memories for, for both you and I over the years. So um, he's been a great 
addition there with Burnsy. And it, it's a huge shame that we don't get to hear them two commentate and talk through the games. Um, you know, ho- hopefully we could uh, we could sit down with a pair of them at you know at some point and, and use our sort of um, our podcasting to to talk of the, all things Hull City. And it'd be great to sort of pick the brains of the guy. I think he's um, he's a really interesting listen. He's obviously like we say very old school. But he also provides a lot of balance to what things are saying. You know, when Benzie might ask about something in particular, he can provide that context from a professional's point of view, which is obviously his job. So, yeah, I think he's, a, he's obviously, when you talk about his playing career as well, um, centre forward or centre half. So it just shows that, that there's not, not many made, uh, sort of made from that sort of uh, cut from that cloth nowadays. So, so yeah, great career he had uh, in, in the Football League. Yeah, excellent. Good shout. And yeah, I've messaged Benzie, see if he wanted to come on. Still waiting for a reply. So if you're listening, Benzie, come on and join the other side of the fence and you two can have a night off and me and John will do the interviewing if you want. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So I might I might drop Swanee a message as well, see if we'll come on. And if anyone if anyone knows them, just give them a nudge, you know, we'd love to have them on. Uh, be, I'm sure it'd be a great laugh, wouldn't it, the four of us having a chat. Indeed. So, yeah, Peter Swan mentioned by Lee Walker, Tiger Door, Benedict uh, as well. So, well done to those. Do you have any more shouts, John, before I go to the rest of the Twister following? Um, well, I'll have a little. There was a couple that I was, I was looking at um, when I was thinking about who to pick because obviously Swanee was before my time anyway. And when you look at um, Robbie Stockdale, was it was a player that I'd obviously watched. Um, he played for us in the mid mid noughties, didn't he? He didn't play many games. Cameron Stewart was one who I thought was going to be like the next Fraser Campbell in a way. Um, he got released from Lincoln, which is topical because obviously we're playing them soon, and we have just played them. Um, and again, like you know, a, a promising youth career at Man U before being on loan at us and then signing for us, he sort of just dipped a huge amount really. And I just remember thinking, you know, what player this guy could be. Um, and, you know, there's the, there's a couple current ones as well uh, that I was thinking of mentioning. So um, Ahmed Salam, who's been on the bench a couple of times, James Scott, uh, Max Sheaf. So there's a couple uh, of current players, uh, Regan Slater in there as well. So, so yeah, we've got we're quite blessed with the with the S's. But there is one actually that I want to to talk about, and I hate to go through the whole alphabet. Um, but Norberto Solana, um, I was on my UEFA B license course with Nobby, and um, he was. I think I may have may have talked about this story before, if it was on the podcast or not. We, we did a we did a crossing and finishing drill, and um, I was left wing back, and Nobby was right wing back, and it was like one of the greatest sessions of my life where we were putting in crosses. And there was one bit in particular where our striker had run front post and Nobby had the ball. And uh, obviously I was on the left-hand side, so I was coming in back post. So he shouts John and puts a ball in, an unbelievable ball in. And I'm only I'm only five foot seven, so I'm not really well known for my heading. So I've gone for the header and I, I've managed to make contact, which I was happy with. And it, it's gone over. I've missed the target. And he, he, has, he sort of dug me out. He went, you got to be better than that. I put it on a plate for you. So I, I turned around to him and went, mate, you know, I'm not Alan Shearer. 
I think he was expecting putting it on a plate for the great man for all of those years. I think he's expecting it of me. Um, but yeah, there's a little stories about Nob. I did, I did my way for being Newcastle as well, and so like literally, like whenever we were doing the sessions, like people who were like walking past like the 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 school where we were doing it, and um, when the three G pitches, but like the people would like stand and wait for him and that, like so they could get signatures and pictures with him. Mm-hmm. It felt great because there was all these people like lined up waiting and that, but then obviously I'd just walk straight past them and they wouldn't say anything to me and they'd be like, "Oh, Nobby, can you you come and sign my shirt?" Oh. Well, they'd say it in their old Geordie accent, but I'm not going to do that today. Sign my shirt, like. <laughs> not be nope. so <laughs> uh, Disclaimer, me and John are not Geordies. Uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, have we got any more, a couple more shouts of the old alphabet? Yeah, um, just quickly on Nobby, uh, I think, uh, again, one of probably uh, one of our top players on paper, I'd say. Mm. Uh, he was great when he first signed for Newcastle. What a player he was! I mean, obviously, he was towards the twilight of his career when he came to us. When he sort of playing at right back, wasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, he, oh, what a ball in he could have! You know what I mean? The times he laid it on, laid it on a feet for our strikers or whatever. Yeah, you don't lose that. Yeah, you might lose your pace, but you don't lose. Yeah, I think I remember. I remember writing in saying that Jermaine Genius told a story about him once they used to room together at Newcastle. And Genus played had an awful game one day, and the gaffer said to him, "What, what, what's happened? You've had a sh- rubbish game. You, you, you look knackered. What's happened?" I said, "I was, I was sharing a room with Solana last night, and he brought in his suitcase of flute. <laughs> he was playing his flute all night, <laughs> practicing his flute. <laughs> I couldn't sleep." <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, quirky character. Yeah, so the players that you mentioned, Solana was mentioned by Peter Chapman and Tiger Tube. Nice. Um, so you mentioned the current squad. We've got quite a few, actually. Um, so going through the list, we've got James Scott. Yeah. By Lee Walker and Benedict. We've also got Samuelson, who was mentioned by Lee Walker. We also have... You mentioned Ahmed Salam. Benedict's also mentioned him. Again, I, I heard or read that he was going to Rochdale. I've mentioned it a few times, but he picks up a bit of an injury, didn't he? So hope he recovers well from that. One yeah. that you mentioned was Richie Smallwood. He was mm-hmm. mentioned by Benedict. And yeah. So great, great shouts from the current squad. I'm going to talk about. Um, Peter Skipper, who was a popular yeah. choice. Um, Sarah, my fiance, her head teacher was Caroline Skipper, who I think was um, sister in law to Peter Skipper. Ah, there you go. Yeah, so he was um, very popular choice. Lee Walker, Tagador, Benedict, uh, chat account called We Said No, No, No. I wonder what that's referring to. And Susie R. All mentioned Peter Skipper. Uh, one again, probably one of our top players on paper was Snodgrass. Yeah, he was one that was mentioned by a few: Lee Walker, Benedict, Joel Robinson, and Susiar. Top player he was when he met Snodgrass. Mm. Obviously, still playing with uh, West Brom now, isn't he? I think he's yeah. big Sam at West Brom. 
I um, once got mistaken for Robert Snodgrass in Team Biscuit Cafe in Willoughby. Uh, I had my, my tracksuit on after coaching session. Um, and there was like, I like, there was some whispering in that when I went to go and pick up my pottery after I'd been painting. And, um, there were, and then that I like, was like, oh, ah, yeah, I'm here to pick up my pots. So they obviously they knew I wasn't Snodgrass because I didn't have a Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron Stewart, mentioned by Lee Walker and Benedict. Again, I agree with you. He looked such a player when he came for us. Yeah. Uh, just raw pace. I remember um, when we beat Sheffield United, 3-2 was it? Was it 3-2? Uh, yeah, I think it was 3-2. and It was 2-all. And then I think the ball came to Cameron Stewart and he just he just beat his full-back for raw pace. Mm. Uh, and then he put a rather tame shot in, but there was Jimmy Bullard up on the follow-up um, to bag us the three points. So, yeah. Nice. So, I mean, one of the players who just, all he had was pace, I think. I think you yeah. need a bit more than that, don't you? Yeah, but yeah. Poor man's fear, Walcott. Yeah. Um, Jerry Summers, uh, mentioned by Peter Chapman. Marie Swan, mentioned by... Tiger Daw and Peter Chapman. Uh, well, this one's an interesting one because we signed this chap on loan from Stoke um, under Phil Brown and he had a bit of a shocker on his first game and Phil Brown apparently said to him, you're never playing for this club again. And then when Phil Brown got sacked, um, Peter Dowie took over, didn't he? As, Ian. Yeah, interim football consultant or whatever they give him. Yeah. Um, and he sort of gathered the squad. I heard this at um, uh, an official supporters club meal once at um, in Cottingham at Whatsoever because uh, Ian Dowie was a special guest and he said he gathered all the players and said, look, you've all got a fresh start. Um, whatever you know Phil, has happened to Phil Brown. Obviously, Dowie knew him quite well from his days at Stoke. Um, and Sonko had a, that much of an upturn in form. I remember once he... he he made a goal line clearance with a diving header and we started singing Sonko is Superman Sonko <laughs> is Superman yeah Peter Chapman mentioned him and it's just an interesting story about management and how you know things can change for you as a manager and you can get caught up in the moment and yeah sometimes you know like Wayne Brown was another one who was phased out um, when we got into the Prem and it's a bit like Actually, you know, if a player has a bad game, it doesn't mean you have to take them out of the team altogether. It might just mean you have to rest them for a couple of weeks and then do a bit of work in training, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, Sonko, Peter Chapman. Malcolm Shotton, again, Peter Chapman. Jay Simpson was one. Um, again, a footballer with a lot of promise, but um, didn't quite make it at the highest level. Uh, Peter Chapman and Benedict. But he, he hit good form for us at one point in the championship, didn't he? I think uh, when he like the Matty Fry at days, wasn't it? And, mm, yeah. And Maricus Flute or his Twitter handle, which is Book McDancer and the People's Elephant, um, gave a shout of a player called Jackie Smith, who he described as the Geordie. Um, bear with me. How did he describe him? Geordie Girl Machine, um, who got killed in the Somme. So I'd, I'd love to hear more about that story. I'm assuming it was 
pre-World War One. Yeah. Because the song is 1917. But I'd love to hear more about that one. Andy Saville, mentioned by Tigerdor and Susie Art. Mally Shotton, mentioned by Tigerdor and Susie Art. Yannick Sagber, mentioned by Leah Wagner. Uh, Kevin Stewart, mentioned by Benedict. David Stockdale, mentioned by Benedict and Tiger Tube. Uh, Chris Simpkin, mentioned by We Said No and Susie R. Gordon Stainforth, mentioned by We Said No and Susie R. And Dave Stewart, mentioned by We Said No and Susie R. Susie R also mentioned uh, D. Sunley. Uh, Andy uh, mentioned Gareth Stoker. James Walker mentioned Richard Sneakers and Greg Strong. Richard Sneakers was also mentioned by Michael84. Alan Atkinson mentioned Sam Sharman. And finally, um, Swalesy was mentioned by Ollie. So I don't know who all these players were. Nice. Well, yeah. good, good efforts, yeah. It's great to yeah. see that we've had a, yeah, a range of different, again, different shouts, guys. It's great to, yeah, great involvements. Well done. Yeah, cracking edition of Alphabet that. So well done and thank you to you all. Okay, right, we'll wrap it up with a quick uh, prediction then for today's game against Burton um, and obviously Tuesday's game against Lincoln. What are you thinking, Alex? Yeah, tough one because um, I'm involved in a last man's or a last person standing competition where you pick a team every week to win um, throughout the top four leagues. Um Last week, I picked Brentford, who won 7-2, I think. Um, nice. The fixtures. Um, and normally, I go for a team that's towards the higher of the league. To, so, obviously, a team that's towards the bottom. And any neutral will probably be looking at this game and be thinking Hull win, given the fact that we're second and Burton are rock bottom. Yeah. This is one of those potential banana skins um, yes. that you see. So, I hope McCann treats it Pardon me with the respect that this game deserves. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-0 win. But it's it's important that we don't... I think we've got to stay tight and compact and make sure we don't concede. Because if we concede, it, again, it could change the game and Burton could then park the bus, which, which we could find very difficult. So, yeah, hopefully we get a nice early goal through Doherty again and we go on to win 2-0. What are your thoughts on that, John? Yeah, I'm thinking uh, another. I'm, I'm going to agree with you um, on the win. I'm going to go for an extra goal there, just to spice it up a little bit. I'm going to go three nil. Uh, I'm thinking KLP is going to get on the uh, <clears throat> the score sheet. Thinking that we're going to maybe have a goal from each department of our positions. So, goal from our forwards, goal from a midfielder, and goal from our defenders. Thinking uh, Beck's going to continue uh, getting a couple of goals this season with another one. Uh, Let's go for let's go for Honeyman and KLP. 3-0 win. Very detailed, like it. And finally, your thoughts on our return fixture. So well, it was the cup game, wasn't it? So our league fixture against Lincoln on Tuesday night, I believe. Lincoln, who obviously won 3-0 last night. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the Lincoln game, John? Really tough game. Uh, it's it's a tough one to call. 
I think obviously one one in normal time when you look at it from last week. I think we can we can put out a stronger team and we can we can get the win. I'm gonna go for a two one. Um a couple of wins, back to back wins for us in the next week. Yeah. Real real spice added to this fixture, isn't it? It's yeah, I think yeah, it's gonna be an interesting uh like the team talk it should be done for us really. And I'm hoping that we get that like that edge to us back, that sort of like nasty side where we can like really like show teams actually we're not just a, a pretty sort of football ticky tacker team. We can we can grind out results well, and we can bully bully teams, and we need to because obviously Lincoln are top. We need to show them um, that we can we you know that we're not here to sort of just come second and get ourselves promoted. Yeah, probably gonna looking like at the league at the minute. It's gonna. There's a few teams in contention, so you're looking like it's between us, Lincoln, perhaps Doncaster, given their games in hand. Uh, Portsmouth, obviously, up there with a shout. Uh, Peterborough out of it by any stretch. And, you know, out, out of the teams um, below them, Charlton have hit a bit of a bit of a ruck in terms of form when they've conceded a few, but Sunderland and Accrington are still not far away. Accrington, again, got games in hand. 40 points on the board so you know any anywhere from first to seventh really I think he's he's in with a good shout mm. of uh, getting automatic so it's important that we that we play well against Lincoln and at least get a point a, a loss would be a you know poor result I think uh, you know we beat Pompey we need to show that same edge against Lincoln don't we indeed okay Right, I think that about wraps up this edition of Wise Men Say, a whole city podcast. Thank you for joining me this morning, John. No problem. It was great to great to be on and you know up the Tigers, hoping for uh, a win that is more pleasant than the weather this morning. Yes, definitely. And thank you again to all of our followers. We're nearly at 500 followers on Twitter and the listenership is growing steadily every week. So thank you again. And we look forward to Uh, recording again for you next week uh, back to our midweek for the rest of Feb Podcast Network.